The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Investors brace for this morning's reading on inflation. President Biden plans to announce new measures to combat rising food costs. Lisa Cook will be the first black woman on the Fed's Board of Governors. And Elon Musk says he would reverse Twitter's ban of Donald Trump. New York City boosts police presence on subways as assaults increase, plus the Senate votes today on an abortion rights bill. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, in Sports. Aaron Judge, the ninth-inning hero in a thrilling Yankee win over the Blue Jays. The Mets won in Washington. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are higher this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 44 points, Dow futures up 297, and NASDAQ futures up 155. The DAX in Germany is up nine-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 14.30 seconds, yield 2.93 percent. They yield on the two-year 2.58 percent. Nymex crude oil is up three and a half percent, up three dollars forty-five cents at one hundred three dollars nineteen cents a barrel. Comex gold up half percent, or nine dollars ten cents at eighteen fifty ten an ounce. And the euro one point oh five seven zero against the dollar. Nathan. Well, Karen, the countdown is underway for the latest reading on inflation. Less than three and a half hours from now, the government issues the consumer price index for April, with inflation running at its fastest pace in decades. Ann Cates has a preview from our Bloomberg. 991 newsroom in Washington. In March, the CPI rose 8.5% year over year, the most since 1980. And yet Bloomberg Economics says the run-up probably slowed in April, reflecting a drop in seasonally adjusted gasoline prices. But the climb down from the 40-year high in inflation will be stubbornly slow. Bloomberg says the inflation rate won't dip below 7% until late in the year, keeping the Federal Reserve committed to higher interest rates. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, and thank you. Well, that inflation report could have a major impact on Fed policy. But for now, Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says she favors steady 50 basis point rate increases. We don't rule out 75 forever, right? I mean, what I'm going to do is I think 50, the cadence we're going now seems about right to me. We're going to have to assess whether inflation is actually moving down. And then we'll be able to get more information after we do a couple of those to see. And Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Well, Mester's soon going to have some help in the battle against inflation, Karen. The Fed is now welcoming its first black woman to the Board of Governors. We get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Economist Lisa Cook won Senate confirmation by the narrowest possible margin. The 51-50 vote reflects a tie-breaking appearance by Vice President Kamala Harris. The vote had been delayed by virus cases among Democrats. 
Cook had faced a united GOP campaign against her. The top Republican on the Senate Banking Committee, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, dismissed her record as thin on monetary policy. And he charged her with holding far-left political views that risk politicizing the central bank. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. At the White House today, new measures are coming today to help cut costs, specifically for farmers. And Bloomberg's and uh, Amy Morris explains from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. President Biden wants to undercut the rising cost of food. Ukraine has 20 million tons of grain in storage and silos right now. They're trying to figure out how to get out of the country and to market, which would reduce prices around the world. Among the new initiatives, double cropping insurance, which gives farmers more coverage if they plant more than one crop. The U.S. will double its investment in domestic fertilizer production to a half billion dollars. And tools used by the USDA to reduce the use of fertilizer will be extended to more farms. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Let's turn to Asia now, where inflation is also in focus. China's factory gate prices rose faster than expected in April. And factory prices aren't the only ones on the rise, as we hear from Bloomberg. Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis. And consumer prices rose again. The CPI accelerated 2.1%, faster than a projected 1.8% gain. The COVID lockdowns drove food and fuel costs higher. In the meantime, producer prices gained 8% from a year earlier compared to 8.3%. In March, it, too, was a little hotter than the estimate. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S., earnings will also be in the spotlight when Disney reports this afternoon, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Although the entertainment giant's theme park division has been firing on all cylinders, along with most of its media businesses, analysts are a little concerned that the just-completed second quarter may be the slowest of the year for subscriber growth at the Disney Plus TV streaming service. Still forecast call for a solid 134.4 million subscribers. Bloomberg consensus calls for adjusted earnings per share of $1.18, revenues of just over $20.1 billion. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Tom, thanks. Let's take a look at some other stocks on the move this morning. Following yesterday's earnings, shares of Coinbase are down 17% in early trading. Revenue at the cryptocurrency exchange missed estimates, and Coinbase also warned that trading volume in the current quarter will be lower. Roblox shares are down almost 1%. The video game platform aimed at preteens and teenagers that surged during the pandemic reported bookings that missed estimates. Well, Nathan, Twitter is also front and center after comments from Elon Musk. The world's richest man says he would reverse former President Donald Trump's permanent ban if he takes control of the company. Banning Trump from Twitter didn't end Trump's voice. It will amplify it among the right. And this is why it is morally wrong and flat out stupid. Elon Musk says he believes Twitter has overstepped policing user speech and wants to push it toward a more free speech-focused approach. And finally, Karen, let's fill you in on the latest on the war in Ukraine. The fighting is now starting to affect physical gas supplies. Ukraine's gas network operator says it will stop receiving fuel at one of its main metering stations because it can't control the infrastructure in occupied territories. Meantime, in Washington, the House has passed more than $40 billion in emergency aid to Ukraine. The Senate is likely to to approve the legislation next week. S&P futures right now are higher by 44 points. That's a gain of 1.1%. Dow futures up 302 points. NASDAQ futures up 159 points for a gain of 1.3%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
It's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We've got uh, construction closing the uh, truck lanes of the southbound New Jersey Turnpike near Interchange 14. We'll tell you more in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The Senate is expected to vote on protecting abortion rights due to a leaked Supreme Court opinion suggesting the justices would overturn Roe v. Wade. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is pushing for a vote on abortion this afternoon. The vote is almost certain to fail, but Schumer aims to put most senators on the record about it. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. The Supreme Court, if this becomes the decision, has obviously said this is ripe for discussion in Democratic bodies. We happen to be a Democratic body. Schumer is proving that by having us vote on it. Senator Mitch McConnell. Governor Kathy Hochul has announced that New York will make $35 million available to help abortion providers boost services and security. The governor said the state has to get ready for a potential influx of out-of-state patients if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe. In Connecticut, Governor Ned Lamont signed a new abortion bill into law that he says expands abortion access. When you're ready to be pregnant, whether you're ready to have that baby We are doing everything we can to support you. That means we are providing prenatal support and um, support after birth. Governor Lamont called it a fundamental freedom issue that is being challenged by the Supreme Court. An NYPD officer was released from the hospital after he was shot last night in the Claremont section of the Bronx. The suspected gunman was killed. The officer received applause from fellow officers when he left the hospital overnight. New York City subway riders will see more uniformed police officers on the trains overnight and for longer stretches of time. The NYPD is pushing back against a crime spike in the transit system. A big victory for Donald Trump-backed candidate as the midterm season heats up. Representative Alex Mooney defeated Representative David McKinley in Tuesday's GOP primary for West Virginia's 2nd Congressional District. Mooney spoke to his supporters in Charleston. Donald Trump loves West Virginia, and West Virginia loves Donald Trump. Mooney won 52% to 38%. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. 509 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashar. Good morning, Nathan. High drama in the Bronx. Yankees had to come from behind twice. Trailed the Blue Jays 3-0 in the sixth inning. John Carlos Stanton tied the game with a three-run homer down the line in right field. Toronto went back ahead 5-3. Yanks had two on, one out, bottom of the ninth. Here's the 1-2. Swung on and hit in the air to deep left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a game-winning walk-off. Three-run home run by Aaron Judge. He hit it a mile and a half in the left field seats. So Judge, a Judgean blast. And WFAN, Yanks won 6-5. So they go to 21-8 and on the same night the Mets improved to 21-10. and They trailed 6th inning in Washington, scored three times, beat the Nationals 4-2. The Angels with their 21st win, and it was a no-hitter thrown by 22-year-old rookie Reed Detmers against Tampa Bay. Just his 11th career start, his career ERA entering the Game was over six. Blowouts in the NBA. Phoenix beat Dallas by 30. Miami beat Philadelphia by 35. Both teams go up 3-2. Both series has seen the home team win every game. NBA Hall of Famer Bob Lanier has died at 73, an eight-time All-Star with the Detroit Pistons. 
Igor Shesterkin yesterday named a finalist for the Vezina Trophy that goes to the NHL's best goalie. He may very well win the award, but will he play like a Vezina winner tonight at the Garden? Just played three periods in Pittsburgh and gave up ten goals. Shesterkin and the Rangers face elimination, trailing the Penguins 3-1. to one. Game five wins last night for Carolina, Toronto, St. Louis, and Los Angeles. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? John Stashauer, thanks for that. S&P futures right now are higher by 46 points, a gain of 1.2%. Dow futures up 1% or 316 points. NASDAQ futures leading the gains this morning up 173 points for a gain of 1.4%. Ten-year treasury is up 15, 30 seconds. The yield 2.93% as we await April CPI. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny upper 60s today. Sunny with a high near 70 tomorrow. Chance for showers on Friday with a high near 70 degrees. Right now, clear sky, 55 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. But I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures and European shares are advancing as investors await a key inflation report to gauge whether the Federal Reserve's efforts to tame inflation in the world's largest economy are working. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 43 points, Dow futures up 288, and Nasdaq futures up 153. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. The 10-year Treasury up 17.30 seconds. Yield 2.92%. The yield on the two-year, 2.56%. NYMEX crude oil is up 3%, up $2.99 at $102.78 a barrel. COMEX gold up 6 tenths percent or $10.40 at $18.51.50 an ounce. The euro, 1.0568 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2382. The yen is at 129.65. And Bitcoin this morning higher, up a third of a percent at $31,100. And again, today we're watching for the Consumer Price Index at 8.30 Wall Street time. And Disney is among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. In a rare bipartisan moment, the House has passed a nearly $40 billion military and humanitarian aid package for Ukraine. The money will go to everything from weapons to refugee aid to money that will help rebuild Ukraine. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer plans to hold a vote on a bill that would write abortion protections into federal law. There will likely not be enough support to move that legislation forward. In baseball, the Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, and Giants won. The Mets beat the Nationals 4-2. The A's split a doubleheader with the Tigers. Angels rookie Reed Detmers pitched the Majors' second no-hitter this season. In the NHL playoffs, the Bruins lost to the Hurricanes 5-1. Boston is now behind in that series three games to two. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and Mark Oswald is with us this morning, Chief Economist and Global Strategist at ADM ISI in London. As we await the April CPI data, we are watching markets on the rise this morning. Mark, what do you think is driving the sentiment this morning? I, I think that this is really just uh, what looks to me like a corrective rally after some fairly sharp sell-offs that we've had. There are, oh, you know, 
when we get into these situations with sharp sell-offs, there are always bargains to be had. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the worst is over for Wall Street. I still think, um, it, particularly on the growth side of the economy, which is probably more important to some extent than either the Fed or the inflation outlook, uh, we're probably still looking at the U.S. economy with slightly rose-tinted glasses, as is the Fed. Um, <clears throat> yes, the labor market is very, very tight, uh, but with the sort of pr- pressures that are there, and a lot of them not likely to resolve themselves in any great hurry, particularly all the price pressures that people have got. You, We only have to look at the corporate earnings season to see how many people are talking about price pressures and are now starting to mention um, demand, uh, demand weakness, and that really doesn't start to surprise me. And that, I think, in the longer run will be key for U.S. equities. Of course, in the short run, in the next few hours, we are going to get that CPI data for the month of April. Are we looking for signs of peak inflation? Is that your view? Um, well, to a certain extent, we've got base effects in here now, which should basically uh, suggest that we've reached the peak. I think the more important thing is not necessarily whether we've reached the peak, but uh, you know, how fast are we going to fall? You know, we were predicted to fall quite rapidly in the second half of the year. I rather think that headline CPI may not get much below 7% by the end of the year. And as long as that's the case, we can talk about inflation, uh, the, the pace of inflation growth as slowing, but uh, it doesn't take the pre- it doesn't take the pressure off the Fed to basically tighten policy and tighten policy quite quickly. Um, you know, it's a it's a delicate balance here. But the biggest problem of all is the loss of productive capacity, which we've not really got round to enumerating. The only area which we can get a clear sight of it is in the U.S. Um, uh, well, in the global oil refining sector, where we can see that huge amounts of productive capacity have been lost. And that keeps on the pressure on oil products. And oil products are basically what are driving inflation, uh, along with uh, other parts of the energy sector, most notably natural gas. Do those kinds of pressures put more pressure on the Fed to move even more aggressively on rates? Could we be looking at a 75 basis point move somewhere down the line? Um, I don't think, well, I, I think the more important point, you know, I, they've not taken it off the table completely, but I think they'll be very loath to do that unless they see some very sharp second round effects coming through, uh, particularly in wages um, and in services. Uh, that's not ruled out, but it would take that. That would be an absolute requirement. Uh, the more important point, is what can the Fed do do about um, oil and energy prices? And the answer is just the same as all other central banks. They can do actually precious little. And this is sort of, you know, we coordinated fiscal and legislative and monetary policy well during the pandemic, but we're now sort of seeming to, everyone's going off in different directions. And it's probably needed now more than during the, the pandemic, you know, because there's a lot here which really would be better dealt with by better spending on infrastructure, fiscal measures to uh, support the weakest parts, weaker parts of the economy, be that at a corporate or personal level. Um, and there needs to be a lot better coordination on that front. 
Yeah, those are some uh, long-term possibilities uh, that uh, we could talk about for uh, much longer, but unfortunately we've run out of time here. But uh, thanks so much for these insights this morning. Mark Ostwald, Chief Economist and Global Strategist at ADMISI. As we await those April CPI numbers due out at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time, we'll have them for you live here on Bloomberg Radio along with the uh, kind of analysis you have come to expect from Bloomberg Radio. Right now, S&P futures are higher by 42 points. Dow futures up 278. NASDAQ futures up 154 points ahead of the inflation data. Ten-year Treasury is up 16, 30 seconds now at the yield 2.92%. And the yield on the two-year, 2.57%. Looking at uh, NYMEX crude, it's higher by 2.9%, up $2.87 at $102.63 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the New York Community Trust. Your name will live on as a champion of the causes you care about for years to come through a charitable bequest to the New York Community Trust. Learn more at philanthropist.nyc. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. This morning, we have the latest reading on inflation. The April Consumer Price Index will be released at 8.30 Wall Street time. Nathan Sheets, chief global economist with Citi, says high commodity prices and supply chain pressures could lead to more persistent inflation. Looking under the hood is going to be critical. Uh, we're expecting a 0.4% month-to-month read uh, for core, somewhat lower for headline. But when I look at uh, underlying components, I just have a hard time being too optimistic about the inflation outlook. That's Citigroup Chief Global Economist Nathan Sheets, and he expects inflation to gradually decline this year, even if it hasn't peaked yet. Well, the April CPI will likely affect how the Fed tightens monetary policy, Karen. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says the path to 2% inflation will be painful. The unemployment rate may have to rise. We may get another quarter of uh, or two of negative growth. But that has to happen in order to get inflation down. So we are tightening financial conditions, and we've got to continue doing that until we see inflation moving back down. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester tells Bloomberg's Michael McKee she would not rule out a hike of 75 basis points this year. In Asia, inflation also in focus, Nathan. China's factory gate prices rising faster than expected in April, and CPI exceeded projections. COVID lockdowns are blamed for higher food and fuel prices. So watching earnings season, Karen, Disney is going to report this afternoon, and Bloomberg Intelligence expects streaming subscriber growth will slow, but it also expects strong performance from domestic parks. Well, we now turn to Twitter and Elon Musk, Nathan. Speaking at a conference yesterday, the world's richest man said he would reverse former President Donald Trump's permanent ban if he takes control of the company. Musk also says he is not sure Trump would even return to the platform. He has publicly stated that he will not be coming back to Twitter um, and that he will only be on Truth Social. 
Elon Musk called Trump's ban morally wrong and flat out stupid. Turning to the war in Ukraine, Karen, Russia and Ukraine are clashing over natural gas. That's raising a threat to Europe's supply. Russian gas flowing into Europe for one of two key entry points was stopped as occupying forces disrupted operations. It's the first time since the invasion that gas transiting through Ukraine into Europe has been disrupted. S&P futures higher up 43 points this morning. Dow futures up 284. NASDAQ futures up 157. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 55 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident in Rockland County. It's northbound I- uh, 9W at Lakewood Drive. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. The Senate is expected to vote today on a bill that would codify abortion rights into federal law. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Passage is a long shot, but Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he wants every senator on the record for all to see. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says actually that's exactly what the leaked Supreme Court opinion suggested, a vote. But historically there have been abortion votes on the floor of the Senate. None of them have achieved 60 votes. McConnell says, go ahead, take the vote. Schumer says if by some chance Republicans take control of the Congress, it could mean a total federal ban on the table. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has announced that the state will make $35 million available to help abortion providers boost services and security. In Connecticut, Governor Ned Lamont signed a new abortion bill into law that he says expands abortion access. Everybody talking about freedom. This is a fundamental freedom issue that is being challenged by the Supreme Court. Fundamental. Governor Lamont also says the state is providing prenatal support and support after birth. Look for more police officers in New York City subways overnight and for longer stretches of time. In a new strategy on fighting crime, NYPD Transit Chief Jason Wilcox says we need to be where the crime is and where people can see us. Representative Alex Mooney, endorsed by Donald Trump, won over fellow Representative David McKinley in a reapportionment forced Republican primary. It is now poised to represent West Virginia's 2nd District in the next Congress. Meanwhile, Republican voters in Nebraska picked Jim Pillen as their nominee for governor. The University of Nebraska regent was backed by the state's outgoing governor. Pillen beat eight rivals, including Charles Herbster, who was supported by former President Trump and accused of groping multiple women. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Nathan, the Yankees keep winning. They made it 14 of their last 16, even when trailing by two runs and down to their last two outs. Aaron Judge with a game-winning walk-off three-run homer, bottom of the ninth, and a thrilling 6-5 win over the Blue Jays at the stadium. John Carlos Stanton had hit a three-run shot in the sixth inning. The Yanks are a major league best 21-8. and They've got a 12-30 start with the Blue Jays today. The Mets are a National League best 21 and 10. They trailed in Washington. Rally to win 4-2 behind Carlos Carrasco. The Mets may have needed five pitchers for their no-hitter. An Angels rookie did it all by himself. And here's the next delivery. It's chopped to short. This should do it. The throw to first. It's a no-hitter. It's a no-hitter. Reed Dippers in just his 11th major league start. 
pitches a no-hitter. That's the 13th in Angels history. KLAA, the call 12 nothing win over Tampa Bay. Detmers is 22. He's the youngest to throw a no-hitter since 2006. Home cooking continues in the NBA playoffs. Two series where the home teams won every game, and the game fives were blowouts. Phoenix beat Dallas by 30. Miami beat Philadelphia by 35. Both go up 3-2. Four game fives in the NHL. Carolina beat Boston. The home teams won every game there. Toronto on a late Austin Matthews goal rallied past Tampa Bay. St. Louis with three in the third to win to Minnesota. And L.A. won in overtime at Edmonton. All four winning teams now have 3-2 leads. The Penguins lead the Rangers 3-1. Game five tonight at the Garden. Does the Rangers season end? Or can they at least force a game six back in Pittsburgh? John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Plot thickens. Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. The Partnership for New York City says some 78% of businesses are adopting a hybrid workplace model. Only 8% of Manhattan office workers are back in the office five days a week. 28% are still fully remote, according to a survey of more than 160 major employers in New York. Connecticut is the fifth U.S. state with comprehensive consumer privacy legislation, and the second so far this year after Utah to enact such a measure. Connecticut law requires companies to limit the collection of personal data to that which is adequate, relevant, and reasonably necessary. Circumstances have improved for a lot of nonprofits in New Jersey. They say overall conditions are more positive compared to the same time a year ago, according to the New Jersey Center for Nonprofits. Some, though, are wrestling with funding gaps, the impact of COVID, and racial inequities. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. All right, Ed, thank you. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WTVN in Columbus, I'm reporting that Ohio was among the states with the highest home foreclosure rates last month. I'm Caroline Hepke on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on the risk to European gas supplies as Ukraine's grid operator says flows through a key Ukrainian pipeline face disruption. I'm Bernie Donahoe on KRLD in Dallas. Airport summer traffic may hit a record 3 million flyers a day. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm talking about Toyota forecasting a lower operating profit outlook for the year. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. Learning the right lessons from the pandemic is essential, but jumping to the wrong conclusions will only add to its costs. In trade policy, this is no hypothetical danger. It's happening. Even before COVID-19 struck, support for liberal trade was faltering in many countries. Two years of virus-related disruptions have further highlighted the risks of relying on extended supply chains. Now some suggest the world has entered a post-globalization era. This kind of thinking threatens slower growth, lowers real incomes, and diminishes prospects for every kind of international cooperation. The risks and downsides of trade aren't imaginary. Policies are needed to mitigate them, and governments have too often neglected this task. But it would be hard to exaggerate how misguided it would be to turn trade against itself. Globalization still works, and the world needs it more than ever. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com opinion.
or OPI and Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPI and Go. Looking ahead to the April CPI, futures are moving higher. We have S&P futures right now up 42 points. Dow futures up 274 NASDAQ futures leading the way this morning with a 159-point gain. That is a rise of 1.3%. Ten-year Treasury is up 15, 30 seconds. The yield, 2.93. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny upper 60s today. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high near 70. By Friday, it will turn mostly cloudy with a chance for showers and a high still near 70 degrees. Currently 55 in Central Park. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are on the rise along with European shares. Investors awaiting a key inflation report to gauge whether the Federal Reserve's efforts to tame inflation in the world's largest economy are working. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 43 points this morning. Dow futures up 283. NASDAQ futures up 163. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. Ten-year Treasury up 1432. Yield 2.93%. Yield on the two-year 2.59%. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.8%, up $2.82 at $102.58 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $9.50 at $18.50.50 an ounce. The euro 1.0559 against the dollar. British pound 1.2369. The yen 129.81. And Bitcoin this morning higher up 1.9% at $31,550. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. It was a split primary decision yesterday for former President Trump-supported candidates. In West Virginia, Representative Alex Mooney, endorsed by Trump, won over fellow Representative David McKinley in a reapportionment-forced Republican primary. Republican voters in Nebraska picked Jim Pillen as their nominee for governor. He beat eight rivals, including Trump-supported Charles Herbster, who was accused of groping multiple women. In baseball, the Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, and Giants won. The Mets beat the Nationals 4-2. The A's split a doubleheader with the Tigers. Angels rookie Reed Detmers pitched the Majors' second no-hitter this season. In the NHL playoffs, the Bruins lost to the Hurricanes and are now behind in the series three games to two. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. As we await the April Consumer Price Index now due out in just a little more than uh, two and a half hours' time, we're joined now by Jennifer Lee, Senior Economist at BMO Capital Markets. Jennifer, it's always great to speak with you. Looking at the uh, eco screen on the Bloomberg Terminal, economists are calling for 8.1% year-over-year, but that's lower than the prior month. Have we reached peak inflation, in your view? Um, good morning. Um, let's hope we are at peak inflation, um, but uh, I don't think we're quite there yet. These are both basically more technical improvements, I think. You know, we're looking for, um, you know, the past number of months have seen some sizable month-to-month increases, so we're looking for, like, a more modest 
0.3, 0.4% increase in the headline this morning. But just due to, you know, a, a drop in car prices in, in, in April, a lot less than what we saw in March as an example. But this is just, this is, will be just the beginning. And, you know, it's like Fed Chair Powell said during his press conference last week that he'll need a lot more um, evidence to see that um, inflation has either peaked or, or flattened out. Um, Cleveland Fed's Mester, I think she was on the wires yesterday, also saying that she needs to see some, quote, compelling moves, unquote, uh, before she considers, you know, taking a rest. Yeah, and she was speaking with us yesterday on Bloomberg Radio and Television saying that uh, she wouldn't take a 75 basis point rate hike off the table sometime this year. Is that what it's going to take, something like an even more aggressive move from the Fed to uh, rein in these price pressures? Just looking at what's happening now, I think they might have to. Um, it's not our it's not our base case. I mean, we've got uh, you know, I mean, Fed Chair Powell basically said, and, and most of the other FOMC members have also said that it makes sense that um, two fifty basis point rate hikes over the next two meetings um, would would hopefully you know do something to to curb inflation. But just the way it's going right now, with job growth still very very strong. Um, it's it's a very I think we cannot write off the possibility that a 75 basis point rate hike might be needed. Just looking into what feeds a CPI, what do you see as causing the sharpest price pressures that we could see in the headline number? It's still going to be cars and, and energy, but food is also ranking up there as well. And that's the sort of you know the scary part of all of this is that it's not just one component it's not you can't just strip out the food and energy and say well at least core is is rising moderately it's 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 almost everything clothing um medical care recreational stuff um all sorts of things that are causing the entire spectrum i think of, of prices to to rise and that's why we've got core cpis also you know heading up there um you know joined the headline at the highest level in decades and this is what causes this is what makes the Fed's job even more challenging. You can't just knock one peg down and and everything will fall will will, will fall along with it. It has to be broad based uh hit to I think to inflation to get inflation towards back down towards two percent. So are you seeing us in an inflation spiral right now and what's behind it? I don't want to say spiral because he uh, you know, the Fed chair also said that, you know, he's he hasn't seen a wage price spiral yet. Um, so this week, I think it's uh, yesterday, the, the dock workers at uh, the Western Ports, they started their talks. That's going to be very interesting to see how, how that pans out because, you know, obviously you know, more, they want uh, to, uh, a new contract with, with higher wages, and that's something that is going to also feed into higher, um, higher inflation as well. So, but right now we haven't seen it completely, but, you know, obviously everyone has, just given the tight labor market, a lot of the uh, the uh, the employees are asking for more, um, and at least the companies can afford to give it to to parse it out. But you know, it's also going to come out in uh, different forms, like in benefits as well, more vacations. Um, so I don't think right now we are going to see. We are seeing a a, a price spiral, but again, it's something that I wouldn't completely rule out. But this is why the Fed has to act um, more aggressively now rather than later. And we'll get those numbers coming out 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Jennifer Lee, Senior Economist, BMO Capital Markets. Good to get your insights ahead of the release of that data. Thank you. Karen? All right, Nathan, thank you. 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. 
Connecticut became the fifth state with a comprehensive consumer privacy law. Governor Ned Lamont signed the measure that gives consumers the right to ask that their personal data not be sold and that it be deleted. The Biden administration is considering its next steps after a federal judge in Montana paused development on oil and gas leases in Wyoming and Nevada. A Texas Court of Appeals ruled that Pasadena Refinery System must face a lawsuit brought by a contractor's employee who was injured in a fall at a Pasadena facility. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story. We're watching a former Nomura holding senior bond trader was found not liable for defrauding the bank's clients by lying to them about the prices of commercial mortgage-backed securities. James M., who led the firm's CMBS desk for five years, was accused by the Securities and Exchange Commission of securities fraud and aiding and abetting securities fraud. The jury verdict is another blow to the government's attempts to rein in questionable practices by bond traders. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to James Park, a professor at UCLA Law School. He took the stand in his own defense and he admitted to lying to clients, but he said that everyone did it. It is remarkable that he did not deny that he was lying. And the thing that's interesting about the case and and the result here is that even if you lie about a securities transaction, doesn't necessarily mean you violated the securities laws. There's a requirement that the lie has to be about a material matter, something that's important to the investor's decision-making process. And I believe his argument was that because of the industry practice, the investors who bought the bond from him would have known not to believe him, and therefore those statements were not material and could not constitute securities fraud. And the defense was successful. Nomura agreed in 2019 to repay customers $25 million to resolve claims that it failed to supervise traders. It seems striking that the government in these cases has basically been unable to get convictions or convictions that stick. True. I think that the defense might say a corporation like Nomura has incentives to settle cases with the SEC, which is regulating it in a lot of different areas where individuals have more of an incentive to fight charges. And, you know, there have been some losses, but there have also been a few wins, too. A lot of individuals have also pre-bargained or settled cases, by and large. And, you know, I think um, the SEC should take cases to trial when it has to. Um, One of the criticisms of the SEC is that it just settles cases where the defendants do not admit or deny wrongdoing and they just pay a penalty. And I think that there should be cases where you go to court and go in front of a jury. Uh, You might have to defend a decision in front of an appellate court. And, you know, when a court weighs in on a legal theory that provides valuable clarity to the SEC and the industry as to what the law is. 
And that's James Park, a professor at UCLA Law School, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BlawGo. Futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up 43 points. Dow futures up 286. NASDAQ futures up 166. The 10-year Treasury up 14.30 seconds. Yield 2.93%. They yield on the two-year 2.58%. And IMEX crude oil is up three and a third percent at $3.34 at $103.10 a barrel. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.